sign up online as well through the church website. So if you just go there, uh, you'll be able to sign up for the VBS from there as well. And then our other announcement for this morning is the church workday on June 19th. So for that one, it's going to be focusing mainly on the five bay out back, uh, cleaning that up. There's uh, quite a bit of stuff in there, so that's going to need uh, to be cleaned up. And then also there's going to be general cleaning in the church and on the grounds as well. So that's all for announcements. Uh, So now we're going to begin our time of worship as the worship team begins singing with Hosanna, Praises Rising. If you could all please stand for that. All right, you may be seated. 
All right, and we're just going to open in a word of prayer before we continue. Uh, Father, uh, we thank you all. Uh, we all thank you for this day and uh, for bringing us all here together uh, to worship you. And we thank you for the freedom to uh, do that and uh, that we can do that without fear of persecution. Uh, and we just ask that you give um, Logan wisdom uh, in his sermon and that you would, through him, uh, allow us to learn more about you and... Uh, we just thank you for all that you've done for us each day, and uh, just ask uh, that even after we leave, that you would uh, continue to remain in our minds and in our hearts each day. Uh, we pray this in your name. Amen. Now we're going to continue the worship as the worship team sings Good and Gracious King.
Yes, we are. All right. So, today I am going to be preaching on one of the most well-known biblical stories, David and Goliath. However, in preparation for this sermon, I couldn't help but see the parallels between sports, particularly football, and the story of David and Goliath. While I've never played football, me and my family always enjoyed watching football games throughout the season including the Super Bowl, which is one of the most watched football games every year. Because so many people watch it, to air a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl, it costs $5.6 million. The battle between David and Goliath also had a large audience, which contained the army of the Philistines and Saul and the men of Israel. So I'm going to take you through the story of David and Goliath, and look at it through the lens of a sports game. But first, let's pray. Dear God, please help me, please give me the words to speak to the congregation and to convey my message well. Also, lead the congregation when they leave today to go home and look back at all the most well-known biblical stories to reveal the true meaning again to them, because often they are overlooked. Dear God, Please help me do this well. In Jesus' name, amen. So first, we'll look at the playing field. Every sport needs a playing field, whether it's a football field, a soccer field, or even track. The playing field for the battle between David and Goliath is described in verses 1 through 3, which you may turn to, and I will read. Starting in verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sokah, which belongs to Judah, in a camp between Sokah and Azkah in Ephesdaim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in the line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with the valley between them. So verses 1 through 3 give the description of the battlefield. On one side were the Philistines, which were encamped between Soka and Azkah. And on the other side were Saul and the men of Israel, which were encamped in the valley of Elah. Between them there was a deep ravine, which had two giant cliffs in Israel's valley of Elah, 
and that is where it is proposed the battle was held. The gap between the cliffs is about 100 yards wide, which is about the length of a football field. The Israelites would have been on one side, and the Philistines would have been on the other side to witness the battle of David and Goliath. Next, we'll look at the opponent. The Philistines, in particular Goliath, were the opponents of Saul and the men of Israel. I am going to read verses 4 through 11, which give a description of Goliath, who is David's opponent. Starting in verse 4, And there came out from the camp of Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs, and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron. And his shield-bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? For I am not a Philistine, are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all the Israels heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verses 4 through 11 give the description of Goliath of Gath. He stood at a height of six cubits in span, which today is equivalent to about nine feet, nine inches tall. In addition, he was clothed with a helmet of bronze and had a coat of mail weighing 5,000 shekels of bronze, which is about 78 pounds, and bronze armor on his legs. He was also armed with a javelin of bronze and an iron spearhead, which weighed 600 shekels and had a shield bearer before him. So Goliath was not old. Goliath was not also intimidating in stature, but he also provoked the army of Israel, which we see in verses eight through ten. Because of the size of Goliath, all, Saul and all the Israel were dismayed and greatly afraid. Almost every sports game has a prize, whether it is a medal, a trophy, or just bragging rights. The prize for defeating Goliath is explained in verses 24 through 27, which I will read now. All the, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches, and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the man who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who handles this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, So it shall be done to the man who kills him. So in verses 24 through 27, we see that the prize for de defeating Goliath is that the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches, and he will give his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Next, we will look at the ultimate fullback. In football, the fullback is the player who's responsible for blocking the running back 
and also for pass blocking to protect the quarterback. The ultimate fullback for David is revealed in verse 37, which reads, And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. The Lord is the ultimate fullback for David, because like the running back, David has to fully trust that the Lord will deliver him from the hand of the Philistine, just like he has delivered him from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion. Every sport has specific equipment that players utilize, whether it is football pads, helmets, track spikes, or shin guards for soccer. The equipment David took to fight Goliath is described in verse 38 through 40, which I will read now. Starting in verse 38. Then Saul clothed with his armor, he put on he put a helmet of bronze on his head and a, clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Paul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took in his, his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. In the same way a football player wouldn't utilize an uncomfortable or unfamiliar helmet, David rejected Saul's armor because it lacked, he lacked trust in them, and he was not used to wearing it. The only equipment David took to fight Goliath was five smooth stones from a nearby brook. It should also be noted that Goliath is equipped with heavy bronze armor and an iron-tipped sword. While David and Goliath were confronting each other on the playing field, which is also known as the battlefield, they were both trash-talking each other. This can be read in verse 41 through 44, which are as followed, starting with verse 41. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. So in verses 41 through 44, we see that the Philistine was judging David's appearance and size. However, he failed to acknowledge who David was fighting with, which is the ultimate fullback, who is God. Instead, Goliath cursed David, which resulted in him cursing himself because of God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12:3, which reads, I will bless those who bless you. In him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Since David represented the 13th from Abraham in the lineage of Christ, when Goliath cursed David, he cursed God himself. This would have given David more confidence because we see next that this was not one-sided trash talking. In verses 45 through 47, we will see David's response to Goliath's trash talking. I will read verse 45 right now. When David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, 
But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth, and all that the earth and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with a sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. So in verse 45, we see David combated Goliath's trash-talking with copying Goliath's speech, saying that the birds of the air and the beasts of the field will eat Goliath's, Goliath's flesh, not David. David explains that through Goliath's attacking him with a sword and a spear, that the battle belongs to the Lord. David follows the wisdom of Psalms 44, 6, which says, For not in my bow do I trust, nor, in my, nor can my sword save me. David will not rely on earthly weapons, such as those that Goliath is equipped with. Instead, he relies on God for strength to defeat Goliath. The victory is described in verses 48 through 54. The conclusion of the battle between David and Goliath results in only one victor. The battle is described in verses 48 through 54, which I will read now. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put in his hand, his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine, and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath, and killed him, and cut his head off with it. Then the Philistine saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Even though David had no sword and no spear, he had faith in the ultimate fullback and relied on God to defend him from Goliath. By giving the battle to God, Goliath, David's victory was able to display God's power, which was completed with the cutting off of Goliath's head, which was customary at the time and a sign of a decisive victory. Lastly, we'll look at the application, this, which is basically how the story of David and Goliath applies to us today. Whether we find ourselves facing giants in our lives, or like the Israelites, we hide from our enemies. By following the example of David, we must look to God for strength and trust Him in Him to protect us. Even if our Goliath is not a giant, but is instead temptations or obstacles in our lives, we must trust in the ultimate fullback and have faith that God will defend us from the evils of this world, knowing that he will lead us to victory. The story of David and Goliath reminds us that earthly weapons are nothing against the power of God. Instead of combating evil with earthly weapons, we must rely on God's strength for victory. Let's pray. Dear God, we must learn from the story of David and Goliath and must trust in you for strength to overcome our giants in our lives 
and not rely on earthly weapons or talents to overcome the giants in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May everyone rise and sing, Blessed Be Your Name.
What a blessing to come to church today and have the youth of our church lead us in worshiping the one true God. Amen. Amen. One of the things that um, I guess impressed me or was good for my heart when uh, we candidated to come to Allington Baptist Church was very quickly realizing the importance of uh, and the the supremacy of the Word of God uh, as Pastor Bish uh, led this congregation. Uh, and something that uh, we continue to seek to do uh, because we live in a day and age when there is lots of falsehood uh, and that everything that is evil is called good and everything good is called evil. Uh, and so it's so much more important for us to realize uh, the supremacy of the Word of God in our lives every day. Uh, that's why I encourage you each uh, Sunday to make sure that you get into the Word of God as much as you possibly can. Uh, because whether you realize it or not, there are many things that are challenging the truth of God's Word each and every day. Uh, and as we come to this time of year, uh, we find that we are at graduation time. Uh, and this is a, a special time for many families, uh, as well as uh, the seniors that are graduating and, and going off uh, into what we would consider the real world as if they haven't experienced the real world already. Uh, and as part of that, uh, something that we do uh, each year is that we give a Bible to each of the graduating seniors uh, because we want them to understand the importance of the Word of God. Uh, and as we think about today, you can see there's, there's eight Bibles stacked here because we have eight graduating seniors, uh, which is an exciting thing, uh, but also... Uh, to some extent, uh, one where we need to trust the ultimate fullback, as Logan said, to, to go before them and to guard them and protect them as they step out into life uh, as adults. I'd like to read for you uh, this morning, because uh, in each one of these Bibles, uh, they're personalized, uh, where we have their name in there and we put in there uh, something to remind them of the importance of God's Word that it not be just one of their other textbooks that they find themselves utilizing for school, but that the Word of God would define who they are and that they would walk by it each and every day. And so I'll read, uh, because this Bible comes from us, the Ellington Baptist Church family, to each one of these graduates. It says, In a day and age when the truth of the Bible is needed more than ever, we, your church family at Ellington Baptist Church, would like to award you with this Bible. We appreciate the time that we have gotten to know you, and as we consider the fact that you are stepping out into this world, we deemed it of great importance to give you this Bible as a reminder of God in your everyday life. Uh, and, I, you know, in the front plate, there's a few things that we know that God's Word is. Uh, first, it's timeless. Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Uh, it is able to teach you about God, John 5:39. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. God's word is able to accomplish what God purposes. Isaiah 55:11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Uh, God's word is profitable for making you a better Christian. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. God's word is able to give you direction. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And finally, God's word is a comfort in times of trouble. Psalm 23.4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And it closes out where it says, Our prayer is that your heart's desire be that of the psalmist in Psalm 119, 10 and 11. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And so each one of the graduating seniors uh, from our church is going to be receiving one of those Bibles uh, to be a reminder to them of the, the power of God's word, that it is eternal that it has a profound effect uh, as God sends it out. Uh, And so, uh, as you can see in the entryway, um, after the second service, we're going to actually have a a celebration social uh, for each of the graduating seniors. So uh, I hope that maybe uh, some of you may be able to come back to that. But what I'd like to do is, I know there's a couple of graduating seniors in the room right now. I'm going to have them stand uh, so that we can recognize them. So, Toby, I know you're here, so you can stand up. Toby Wan. Toby's graduating from Ellington High School, and do you have a plan where you're going to go for college? Billiard University. Billiard? Baylor. Baylor University. So be praying for for Toby. Uh, And let's see. I know, is Kyla in the room? I know she was here. Okay. Logan. Well, you got a chance to hear from Logan, so Logan. Graduating from Cognitry High School, and, and what's your plan? I will be going to Cedarville University and studying mechanical engineering. Okay. All right. Awesome. And so that all the rest of the graduating seniors, I guess? All right. So as you can see in the bulletin, the, the rest of the list is there. Uh, Angelo Armanio, uh, graduating from Ellington High School. Um, Kyla Brown uh, is uh, graduating from homeschool. Uh, Wilson Kibbe from Enfield High School. Uh, Jackson Cooperschmidt from Ellington High School. Uh, Charlie Ruckersfeld uh, from Homeschool, uh, and Robert Tholen IV from Enfield High School. And so as you think about it uh, and as you uh, consider your prayer time throughout the the, uh, week, remember uh, for each one of the adults there was a time where that that was you, where you were graduating from high school. And I'm very thankful for the prayers of God's people for me when I graduated from high school. Uh, As a matter of fact, it was God's people praying before I graduated high school. (laughs) Why are you laughing at that? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it was God's hand because uh, this was not my plan to do what I'm doing. Uh, But God had a better plan. And so uh, be praying for each one of these graduates um, as they finish out uh, enjoying their senior summer. Uh, and then uh, shortly head off to college or to work, whatever their plan may be. And so uh, as you leave today, I know it's a little bit early. Uh, we we, we kind of timed everything out. Um, so you have an opportunity to fellowship. I would encourage you to uh, grab one of the seniors or any of the, the youth, which um, let's go ahead and have all the youth that were uh, part of our service today stand so that you can see most of them were on the stage. But uh, in fact... So Jacob, you need to stand up in the sound room. Jacob's back there, and then uh, you were greeted by 
our, our greeters out in the entryway. And so thank, thank the youth for the time because they put effort and energy for weeks preparing for this. And so um, have opportunity to encourage them in their faith. And so uh, as you leave today, um, don't forget to get your devotional if you haven't already. And as you, you guys can sit down. I know you're probably feeling <laughs> I just wanted to make you feel awkward for a few more moments. Uh, and as you leave today, if you have a gift to give to God as he has blessed you, do so in one of the black boxes. Uh, and just in- encourage you to uh, enjoy uh, what God has given to you, to realize the blessings, uh, and realize, as, as Logan said, the-, the fact that you have the ultimate fullback um, that is going before you and will provide the way. Uh, and so to even guard you against the evils of the world. Uh, And so uh, God bless you, church family, and you're officially dismissed.